In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Hello and welcome to the Dad DeLorean Podcast, episode 12. Super excited to have you back for another episode of all things nerddom and fatherhood and what we've been watching and streaming this week. I am your host, Andrew. If you want to reach out to the podcast, many ways you can do that. The best way currently is through our Instagram at the Dad DeLorean Podcast. You can also shoot us an email at the Dad DeLorean Podcast at gmail.com. And there are other things out there, the daddelorean.net is our website. It's still under construction and kind of looking for a little bit more perfection to it, but at this point it is usable. You can leave us a voicemail through the website as well if you want to go on there on the contact us page. There's also a form you can use. Many different ways you can reach out if you want to get in touch with us. So, this week I wanted to touch base again on Baby Yoda as an experience for my kids, more specifically the youngest one. So as I brought up a couple weeks back, our youngest boy, when we were in Target the other day, saw a baby Yoda toy and absolutely had to have it to the point where we wound up using his Christmas money to purchase this baby Yoda toy. And it was one of the little stuffed ones that talks. I mean, it's got the hard plastic head and hands, but the body is soft. You squeeze it and he coos and babbles and it's just the coolest thing ever. And I thought that was really interesting because my 15-month-old has not seen The Mandalorian. He has no real idea of who Baby Yoda is, anything like that. And I thought that was a very unique experience. Well, during the weekend, I was listening to Podflix and Chill. And this week on his episode, Andrew had on as guest Joe Gallant from Gallantsky and Friends. I probably mispronounced that. I apologize, Joe, if you're listening to this. But it was just one of those things where I was listening to their podcast together, and in their conversation, Joe brought up the fact that he had one of the original Yoda toys from back in, you know, the 80s, and apparently his story was somewhat similar. He was about four at the time when that came out, and he asked his mom, hey, why did I have this toy? And she goes, well, you saw it in the store, and you absolutely wanted it. And so we got it for you. Like, it was just one of those things, like, he was drawn to the character despite having no previous Star Wars experience. And I kind of got to thinking, what is it about the little green guys that draws in our kids so easily? Because, I mean, it's amazing that these characters can draw somebody in with somebody who's got no experience, no idea who the character is. It's just like, hey, I want that funny little green thing. Like, it was a very interesting 
topic to hear come up because it, up until that point, I thought that my experience with Austin and Baby Yoda was very unique. And it turns out, apparently, this is not the only time that's happened. And there, we're talking, there's a 40-year difference between when this happened, almost. And yet, there's something about it. Is it because Frank Oz, who's obviously known for his work with the Muppets, is involved with the character, and there's something to go with there? Like, I, honestly, I don't know. It's just very, very fascinating to me. Like, we don't even know what this species is in terms of Star Wars lore. It's just something that apparently appeals to small children. And so, yeah, that was my kind of interesting thing from this weekend, was hearing Joe and Andrew talking about that on the Podflix and Chill podcast. And so I just wanted to bring that up, just as kind of a quirky little fun story this week, because honestly, like, I thought I was unique. And apparently I am not unique in my experience there. There are other parents who over time have experienced the same thing. And so I thought it was cool. I thought it was an interesting kind of, take to find in there is that yeah baby yoda is for the kids it was a wu-tang joke honestly sorry guys i don't know why i did that like i don't i don't even listen to wu-tang any case we're gonna head to our first break this week doing it a little bit short this week but i just want to make sure that we are getting everything in that there is to discuss because we've got a lot to unpack so we're gonna head to that first break stay tuned we'll be right back In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. back welcome back to the dad delorean podcast so this week on what we watched they are definitely moving around a lot of things in this household we actually one thing that i will say it wasn't really a watched but we actually played lego star wars the force awakens and that's something that my oldest son and i have been playing for a while now and it's something I'd already played through it with my wife when he was still little, but I did it on the Xbox 360, and then we wound up purchasing it for the Xbox One and getting, like, all of the add-ons and everything because I was just like, I think this would be fun to go through with Alton. And we wound up finishing that this weekend, and not just finishing it, we got to 100% completion. This is something that's been a while in the making, but he played along with me and... We went through, hunted down all of the mini kits, all of the red bricks, all of the side missions. Everything in that game has been unlocked at this point. So, and even after that, I actually managed to get all of the achievements unlocked as well on Xbox. So, like, I think this is only one of maybe two games that I've gotten 100% completion on on Xbox Live. So that was something that I was kind of like 
weirdly proud of. Like, it's one of those things, like, honestly, video game achievements don't really count for anything in life. But I was just like, hey, look, I completed one. That's cool. But on top of that, Alton has been watching Rebels with us. And we are into season two. I believe we're getting actually close. No, I take that back. We just got done with season two. And we are actually in season three. And this is getting to the point in the series where... I really enjoy it because you've brought in Grand Admiral Thrawn to the mix. And Grand Admiral Thrawn, for those of you who for some reason have been under a rock for the past 30, 40 years, was one of the big characters from the old Legends series of Star Wars back before Disney purchased it. And when Disney said they were making everything else Legend, that was my biggest disappointment at the time was that characters like Grand Admiral Thrawn were basically being erased from Star Wars history, as it were. But then, thankfully, Dave Filoni and the crew working on Rebels wound up bringing back Thrawn as a part of Season 3 and Season 4, where you got to actually see the character brought to the screen. And obviously, it's not a live action at this point, but that is obviously something that we realize is going to be coming with the live action Star Wars series on Disney Plus after the big announcement at the Investors Conference this year. So... It was something like, I mean, if you listened back when we were going through season two of The Mandalorian, you know that when I heard Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn, I just about lost it. I may have shrieked like a little girl. There may have been jumping up and down on the couch like Tom Cruise on Oprah's set. Like, all these things may or may not have been going on when I heard that name in the live action series. And so... For me, it is a huge thing to be able to kind of share that character with my kids because that's one that, you know, in junior high, I read those books and he was a very fascinating character study for me because he was an Imperial, but he was a bit of an outsider from the Imperial standpoint. You think about every character in the Imperial Navy is your basic human. And then randomly you have this blue skinned humanoid who's got the highest rank available. And how did that come to play? And Timothy Zahn did an excellent job developing that character in the Legends sagas. And he did a great job bringing that character back when they reintroduced him with Rebels and just bringing in so much more of his backstory, getting to find out what he was like before he came to the Empire, finding out what his time with the Empire was like, all of that. There was just so much that they were able to bring into that. And honestly... I will be very interested to see if they manage to pull off something kind of like Heir to the Empire with the associated live action series as we're going kind of that direction. But, like, I don't even need a true one-to-one, this was exactly how it happened. Like, if they want to take some artistic liberty with it when they're bringing it back and improve it, but put it into a live action setting, that to me would be absolutely amazing. So I am super excited to kind of get to go back through that, just kind of seeing Thrawn and how he thinks very tactically and very much knows his opponents when he is combating them and kind of analyzes what they do. And that was one of the things, too, about him is he's very strategic, whereas you think of Admiral Ozzel going and jumping in, thinking the element of surprise was better and basically getting the life choked out of him for it, whereas very much Thrawn thinks things through and you can tell that he's working on another level in comparison to the other Imperial commanders. So that has been kind of fun to rediscover that part of the Rebels series. The other thing that we watched this week was WandaVision. And 
where do you even begin with that episode? Because we go through the first three episodes and everything is very much in the TV show setting where you're going, these are basically like classic sitcoms on Nick at Night. Okay, this is fun. This is interesting. There's something not quite right about it, but where are we heading with this? And you get to the end of episode three and you see Geraldine chucked out of the area that Wanda is in and you realize that things aren't what you thought they were. Then you go through episode four. You see Geraldine is actually Monica Rambeau. She's was snapped away, was brought back during the events of Endgame. Three weeks later, she's back on the job at S.W.O.R.D., which we find out was founded by her mother, who passed away. Things are just going differently with everything that's going on here. And you find out from that kind of what the outsider's version of events going into Wanda's world is. And you get the reintroduction of Agent Wu from the Ant-Man movies, who does that fantastic card trick that Scott did for him in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And you see Darcy Lewis come back from the Thor movies as the PhD who is trying to figure out what's going on and who stumbles across the television signal that shows what's going on in Wanda's world. Then you wind up getting through that episode, and now you're in an interesting place where you're kind of splitting time between the TV show and what's going on in what's considered the real world outside of Wanda's control. And it's very interesting because you realize very quickly that things are still going very, very wrong in there. There is the scene where... Agnes comes in and then basically goes back and like, you want to run it again, kind of like she's forgotten her lines. And you kind of get the sense that if Wanda is the one that's in control here, she's starting to kind of lose that grip if people are starting to kind of snap out of it. Later on in the episode, Vision has a moment with his co-worker who is like, basically comes out of it and is like, the pain, make it stop, help her, help me stop her, like all of that, and then goes back to normal like nothing happened. And you've had moments like that throughout the series so far. But on the outside, they're trying to figure out what's going on, how Wanda is kind of re just changing things around and their molecular structure and everything. You get Monica coming back with a scan that basically looks like it's blank, then you realize that her clothing that was period appropriate for the show had been completely reconfigured into something else where the outfit didn't look like it, but it was actually bulletproof. And so just different little things like that. They try to contact Wanda, and there's a great moment where basically Rambo flies this drone in to try to talk with her, but the director of S.W.O.R.D. had mounted a weapon on there and tried blowing her up, which obviously does not go well with somebody who could rewrite reality at her will. And so the next thing you see is her dragging the drone back out of the thing and kind of having that confrontation with them. And she does a little hand flip that, when you think about it, doesn't really mean much other than she's being dismissive and winds up changing all of the guards to point their guns at the director of sword versus her. But the way that she did it, somebody pointed out recently looks very similar to in one of the X-Men movies when Magneto dismisses a group of soldiers with the wave of his hand, kind of the similar way, like 
turns and walks away. It was a very interesting, like, oh, huh. Like, I don't know if that was deliberate or if that just happened to be a happy accident that it looked like that. But, you know, with Marvel being Marvel, you just never really know. And then on top of that, we had this week a very interesting episode twist where at the very end, Vision is starting to realize that things are not what they seem. And you find out in the real world that Vision's body was taken from a sort of facility by Wanda when she was grieving and taken to this place where she somehow reanimated him. And Vision doesn't remember anything before his time in Westview. And they are having this tense moment where he's confronting her about everything that's going on and is she in control of it and all of that. And then the doorbell rings. And what's interesting is you get the doorbell ring and you have this moment where she's like, I didn't do... Mm, excuse me. You get this moment where she's got the doorbell ring and she looks at Vision in, in the middle of the argument and says, I didn't do this. And he said, I don't know if I can believe you kind of thing. And she goes and opens the door and you see the character from behind and it's pretty obviously her brother, Pietro. But when it cuts around to the other side, you realize that while it is Pietro, it is Quicksilver, it is not the Quicksilver that we have previously seen. It is the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. We've never seen Scarlet Witch in the X-Men movies at this point. And our previous iteration of Quicksilver was killed during the Age of Ultron film. And so it was a very interesting twist there because what are they doing with it? Like, you know, they talk about bringing in all of the Marvel characters together. And what's that going to mean? And so it was interesting because does this mean that he is now part of the MCU and that's a whole like connection there? Like, did she pull him from an alternate reality? Are we starting to maybe connect those dots? I mean, you think about Spider-Man Far From Home at the end of that when we finally have J. Jonah Jameson played by the wonderful J.K. Simmons, who honestly, as iconic as his performance in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies was, I would have been mad if they had recast him. So bringing him back for Far From Home was amazing for me. But it's just one of those things where you're starting to see characters that you've seen before, but they're being brought in in a different context. And so then on top of that, Paul Bettany talking about how he has some intense scenes with a character that he's not gotten to work with before. And I think the obvious point here is to look at Doctor Strange, because you know already at this point the next Doctor Strange movie is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And on top of that, we also know that Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in that film. So maybe what Wanda's doing here winds up opening up the multiverse. And so then they've got an excuse to basically put all of the different franchises that have been previously with Marvel, but weren't maybe necessarily connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and go, well, they're here, but they're technically parts of this other continuity, that sort of thing. So it's interesting to kind of wonder how they are going to play with that. The thing that I wonder, though, is, is Doctor Strange going to be a big enough surprise that we're all going to be like, whoa, it's Doctor Strange here on screen? Or is it going to be something else? Like, I was having a conversation with Garrett at Oakland Decor this week, and one of the things that I wondered is, what if they brought back I don't know, maybe Sir Ian McCullender, I hope. Like, that would be an interesting pull. 
I don't know if he's going to be up for that sort of thing. And like and the other one is Professor Xavier, if they were to pull in Sir Patrick Stewart, I don't think that they're going to pull Patrick Stewart on this because I'm pretty sure Stewart said that he's done with the character. But at the same time, let's be totally honest. Disney's got some fairly deep pockets, and if they really wanted to make up an appeal to Sir Patrick Stewart, they could probably make that appeal. And honestly, if they're telling the story in the way that they're looking to tell the story, it could be something that could be compelling to him. I honestly don't know. Like, I don't know what motivates Patrick Stewart in his decisions to take on roles or not take on roles, but that to me would be interesting, and it's something not expected. Garrett also joked, that maybe they're bringing in Deadpool. And I said, you know what? Honestly, Deadpool is the one character that I think about that I'm like, they could drop it in there and you'd be already like, they can't make this any crazier. And then he jumps in and is like, holy chimichangas, how did I get here? Like, you know, that would just be one of those things. And because Deadpool is a character who's frequently breaking the fourth wall, like it just seems crazy enough that if you were to drop Ryan Reynolds just smack in the middle of that for no obvious reason other than just a really random, hey, look, we've got this character now cameo, like, that wouldn't be the weirdest thing that I could think of, honestly. Like, that is something that I think could potentially work. Probably not going to do it, but it was just one of those fun conversations that we were having about it. So, that was this week. And then how is this going to play out going forward? Like, there's been a leaked video out there, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but we'll say that... It involves Quicksilver and making a comment that winds up getting him blasted by his sister. And, like, it sounds like he's going to be kind of the annoying brother. Like, that is another classic comedic trope from your old school comedies. And so, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that all plays out. So... We're going to head to our last break here, and then we're going to come back with our Poddex question of the week. So stay tuned, folks. We will be right back. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. And we're back. Thanks so much again for tuning into the Dad DeLorean podcast. I'm the host, Andrew. You knew that already because you've been here for the last 20 minutes. I don't imagine many of you jump into the podcast this late in the game and are like, oh, let me just see. Who am I listening to 20 minutes deep? Like, I figure you probably started off like that. But in any case, 
We are going to our Poddex question of the week. And as I've said before, Poddex is one of those things that I purchased. And at some point down the line, I'm probably going to start using them for interviews. But I haven't gotten to the point where I felt like interviews are a part of the show yet. So it's something where I do like to, though, ask you guys questions from the Poddex. If you want to check them out, they are available at poddex.com. And it's a really cool tool that, you know, for podcasters is great. And if, again, if you want to use it in situations like, you know, conversational settings, if you're having fun having a conversation or as an icebreaker, they can also work for that. So one thing I'll bring up last week, we had, what's the worst job you've ever had? And Garrett from Afflindecor, who's a regular around here, if you've never heard of Garrett, go check him out. It's O-F-L-O-I-N-N decor. And it's at oflindecor.com, or not dot com, at oflindecor on Instagram. And he said that his worst job ever, which was our question last week, was washing giant excavators, backhoes, and bulldozers for a guy in his neighborhood. It was his first job, and it really forced him to take to, it was a first job that his parents forced him to take to, quote, build my character. And I laughed at that because, like, one thing that I always think about when I hear that conversation of building character is Calvin and Hobbes, which was my favorite comic strip going up. I really, like, I was in the prime of comics at that point in time because Calvin and Hobbes was on there while I was a kid. Peanuts was still in its prime. Like, there were just so many good comics back in the day, and I remember sitting on my dad's lap reading them in the newspaper back when we had newspapers. Do you guys remember newspapers? Like now we just look them up as web comics and it's like a completely different experience, but I have the full hardbound editions of Calvin and Hobbes. That was my first anniversary present from my wife in 2011. And so that is one of those things. I love it. We also have all of the peanuts because my wife and I are both huge peanuts fans. My wife is an especially big peanuts fan, but we've got all of them in hardbound as well. So it's one of those things like vintage comics are a big thing to me, but I always think of Calvin's dad when I think of building character. And it was just a great kind of conversation that Garrett and I had about that. So this week's question, what are you most excited about right now? This, it's a very general question, but I think there's a couple different ways you can go with it. I mean, for me personally, I am just excited at the possibility, like for this specific week, snow, because we're predicted to potentially have snow this week. And we had a snow day two weeks ago that wasn't really a snow day, like none of it stuck. It snowed for a little bit and Alton wanted to go out. It was when Alton was sick and he just wanted to go out and try to catch snowflakes on his tongue because he's heard about that all the time from the Snoopy, uh, not the Snoopy holiday special, the Peanuts holiday special. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas would be the words that I was actually looking for there. But in Charlie Brown Christmas, they talk about catching snowflakes on your tongue. And so he really wanted to do that. And he tried that and then decided snowflakes were too wet. He didn't want to be out there. Let's go back inside so I can stay warm again. And I mean, that was the end of it, but it was just a lot of fun for us to kind of get to do that. But like, it didn't stick. Like we didn't have a decent amount of snow. It was just cold and snowing, but melting almost immediately. So if it, we actually get real snow this week, I will be super excited for that. I'm also excited because this week during the Super Bowl, which I didn't actually watch, which is weird for me. Usually I watch it, but 
Honestly, I kind of had that sneaking feeling that Tom Brady was going to win, and as much as I hate Tom Brady, I did not want him to win, so I just didn't watch, and turned out to be better off for it. But, during the Super Bowl, they did unleash the first big trailer for Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Not Captain America and the Winter Soldier. During the Super Bowl, they released the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which gave a release date of March 19th. So that is something I am super stoked about. That's another one of those things with the Marvel Universe. Like, it's been so long. You know, we had last year, we didn't get any Marvel content at all. It was rough. And then, you know, and particularly after you've gone through Endgame and kind of having that emotional catharsis of just... <sighs> we just got through all 20 of those movies and now what and where do we go from here so it was a long wait to get to wandavision and now we're moving on to captain american in the oh my gosh now we're moving on to falcon and the winter soldier and that's like almost picking right up after that so that'll be exciting for me captain america was always one of my favorite characters and to kind of see who gets the legacy of the shield whether it's bucky or a falcon and, like, it's most likely going to be Falcon, and I'm totally okay with that. Like, I think it'll be interesting to kind of explore their connection as they're going through this. And on top of that, you know, just see where some of the characters have gone from there. Like, they're bringing back Agent 13, who was last seen during Civil War, I believe, was the last time that we saw her. And just what she been up to, finding Baron Zemo somehow getting out why is he out we don't know but we're getting to see the classic purple mask on zemo even so that'll be a very interesting way to kind of address things is going forward with that so it looks like it's going to be a really good action-packed ride kind of in line with what you would expect from things like the uh civil war or with any of the older avengers movies things like that like going back thinking even all the way to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, just kind of that style is what it kind of invokes for me, evokes for me. So we are going to go ahead and sign off for this week. Thank you again so much for tuning in. really appreciate your continued listenership and just the ability to kind of interact with you guys on social media and just discuss these things. So it's been a fun ride this week. Take care, whatever you're doing this week. Remember, Parenting is a complicated profession. Stay safe out there. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. 
Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.